Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hi, it's Trent Clark. Welcome to the Winners on Away Show. I am your host, CEO of Leadership A3 Times, MLB coach, long-time service, entrepreneur, international speaker, and I am today with my special guest, Finian Kelly. Finn, what's up, buddy? I'm just happy to be here, Trent, and looking forward to having a really in-depth discussion about leadership and overcoming some challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. I am so excited. Finn has got a great background. As you can hear, you may have heard, he's got a little accent, right? Finn is an Australian. So I'm excited to dive into that a little bit here being in the States. He is in Colorado, the lovely state of Colorado, and probably never leaving again. You know, I noticed a lot of you Australians go right to Colorado and never go. You know, it's, it's pretty good, right? It's absolutely wonderful. And I like living between the two locations. And I'm very lucky to, to see the world really as home. But Colorado yeah, how often is definitely do you special. get home? Well, I haven't for a while just because of what's been happening with the pandemic, but normally a couple of months each year. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Well, before I introduce to Finn and all his background, which is glorious and mighty and awesome, let's talk about for our listener, this show, Winners Find a Way. Have you ever faced stiff adversity? Felt like the losses are mounting and you need to find a better way? Well, I think you came to the right place. We always talk to one percenters about their trials, about their tribulations, about their walk and their journey to being elite. And so if you are already an entrepreneur, athlete, business leader, or just looking to start your journey to being excellent, this is the place. So I am thrilled to have Finn here today. And so let's talk about Finn. Tell them where they can find you first on social media, all that stuff. If they want to look up Finn Kelly, where are they going to get you? Yeah, so my best place is my website, finianckelly.com. That will have everything. And there's a really great free resource about intentionality, how to start living a life with intentionality. And then you'll get onto my social media, which is the Finian Kelly. Yes. And we can see that like in your tag, Intentionality Inc., right? Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that a little bit. So you are the CEO of Intentionality Inc. And then, of course, you have a long storied history in the Australian Defense Force in the military in Australia of over seven years as mm -hmm. an officer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, of course, you did a cool little thing for National Geographic, a documentary on undercover angels. We're going to talk a little bit about that because that just sounds awesome. Then you've already built two multi-million dollar companies in the financial industry, right? Wealth and then wealth education and financial education, which is, I love education. So we're mm -hmm. right in that spot. You were the president of the Entrepreneurs Organization in Colorado, which is a fabulous organization of over 15,000 entrepreneurs worldwide running businesses over $1 million in top line revenue. And the Colorado chapter is a fabulous one. So that must have been a hoot. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then You've also done the trek of the Camino, Camino de Santiago, which is the trek across both Spain and Italy, right? Or is uh, it France? starts in France and then goes all the way across Spain. 
All the way across. So it starts in France, all the way across Spain. Love it. All right. A lot of things right there, Finn. A lot of things, like all sorts of stuff to jump into right there. And the first thing that probably comes to my mind, right, is you run Intentionality Inc., which I think is a great name. And you have multiple financial science, you know, chemistry degreed in a very finite. But a lot of people think like, man, Finian is like the emotional, spiritual guru, right? And, and like, man, that, that's like no match for me, right? Like you see like gaps because when I meet, you know, financial gurus, they're usually, you know, buttoned up. It's, it's shirt and tie, right? And it's very different than thinking spiritual guru. Is that fair? It is. And I discovered that really early in my financial experience where you could map out the perfect investment strategy, have all the numbers lined up, and then you would work with them. And then a year later, you'd come back and say, like, why isn't this working? Because you weren't mm. taking in the human element, the emotional part. And that's where I realized pretty early on that science and math are often like lagging. And we have this intuitive knowledge, but sometimes we go too far to the analytical left side thinking brain and we miss mm. out on this right side feeling brain. So it's really important connecting the both. And that's where I'm very focused is, is like connecting the both and becoming an integrated person. Yeah, I think, by the way, with this pandemic going on, I think now we're accepting that science is lagging, right? <laughs> like it's not quick to have all answers, right? It's not perfect. And I'm a science guy too. I have a bachelor's of science, right? In physical and health education. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the human body was primary my science study. And it's not exact, right? There's just so many elements that we want to find quote unquote, the right answers, but it's always a continuous search. I think the answers are somewhat moving, if that's fair. It is. And often what we do is we hand over our own responsibility or agency, self-agency to make decisions. Like often we know whether we're sick or we're not sick, and but we'll go to other people to trust their opinion rather than just like checking in and going like, how do we actually feel? Is this yeah. right for me? And that's what I really want people to lean back into more is stop looking outward for for an answer and actually just trust your own instincts because there's an incredible intelligent source with your heart, which actually then communicates to the brain, which is sort of like intuitive to the science and works back down to the heart. And most of the time you get the right answer by asking an internal question. That's good. Let's pivot here a little bit on you've got, you've done all these things in your lifetime. It's pretty awesome. I mean, growing up in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Was there a time like you just said, Hey, listen, man, like mom, I'm 10 and I'm ready to be a part of the adventure club. And like, I need out, like, and I'm going and you can't stop me. Or was there a point or a thing that happened in your life that said, this is who I want to be. It's quite funny. You actually say 10 because 10 was where I transitioned into being an adult. I had a an event which was traumatic to me with my family. And at that moment, I suddenly lost the trust of my parents' guidance. And in that moment, I went, well, I have to look after myself. And that really created a lifestyle or a, a desire to go, well, I've got to get out. I've got to keep searching, keep seeking mm. to create that lifestyle. And, and that's where it really happened. And there was an innate part of me as well. From a young age, I was always just wanting to play and adventure and I was jumping off roofs and I was doing just doing crazy things <laughs> taking risks but that was it was definitely a moment I think most people have that they'll look back in their life and there was like a defining moment which was trauma for them and it really set off a course of events now that course of events was brilliant for me for a long time until it wasn't because 
the programming that I was operating on was really based off fear. It was a place that mm. I felt like I was going to be abandoned, that I wasn't enough and I wasn't going to get taken care of. So that drove me to, to have the finishing school young, being an army officer, being an entrepreneur young, winning all these awards, being financially independent. And on the way, a lot of people are celebrating you. They're actually saying, wow, you're amazing. You're doing all these things. And then one day you wake up, which happened to myself later in my life, where suddenly I was just not fulfilled. The hole just got bigger. And then I had to really face everything and rewire the subconscious program that I had been running off for the last 20 years. Yeah, I get into this, you know, anyone who's done a little bit of counseling, right? We dive into this like, hey, there's some gaps there, right? Mm -hmm. And I could say like my wife and I, we met very young, right? And we have had to reprogram our arguing, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, I think at one point we got stuck like, hey, we're going to argue like 16-year-olds, you know, like, you know what? I don't like you anymore. And I just wrote you a note like, you know, like, wait, what? And it was still happening into our 30s, right? And it was like, mm -hmm. we're, we're stuck and we got to reprogram this maturity level of how we might interact. And you'd think that, especially two people that we'd grow out of it. But I think part of it enables us to stay in it when we're around that, right? It does. And we regress. And a lot of people go, I don't understand this person. Why are they acting that way? And I'm like, well, it's because you're looking at them in adult eyes. They're actually yeah. being a little child right now. Like that's exactly yeah. that. They're not an adult. So it doesn't make sense. And that's part of our journey is to realize that a lot of the time we're projecting our own woundedness our own trauma onto other people and unfortunately relationships is where we do it the most it's because you want to feel seen and you initially feel like that person saves you and you understand you completely until you don't and then you're like something's wrong with the relationship but it's nothing's wrong with a relationship that's something i say regularly there's nothing wrong with our relationship there's something wrong with us and, and yeah. that's what we can work through yeah, I love that. I think it's interesting when you say something's wrong with us. There's ownership in that, right? Mm -hmm. And and I don't think, I think the majority of people go, you know, there's definitely something wrong with you because <laughs> I don't want it to be me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's tough because we do end up challenged in this environment. And, and probably like you said, anything that's probably traumatic, anything that's probably big involves some level of a severed relationship, right? And so- that stays with us. And of course, anytime that happens, there's always this, well, I'm going to start moving to what I get to control, who I choose into my life, because this will never happen to me again. Even if we're not seeing it physically, it's definitely unconsciously there, right? It is. And we try to put up these whole protection barriers and we think oh, more yeah. you can control, then this can't happen to me. But you can't control anything in this universe. Like it's all yeah. impermanent. It's all a mystery. It's all magical. And eventually it will always come falling down. And then when you've created this like control barrier, the drop, like the confrontingness of that is just so much heavier. And that's yeah. why we've just got to start just going with the flow a little bit, follow the Tao Te Ching, all in the sort of the middle and the way. And like I was reading a great verse of the Tao Te Ching today, which is the 48th verse. And it's all about adding through subtracting this idea that, We've been conditioned that more is better, that yeah. uh, the more we have, the more success, all these different things, the more that we are worthy. But it's actually not. It's, it's about getting less and, and dropping them away and realizing that you're always going to be provided for. And there's a magic just in the universe to connect. Yeah, it's funny. It feels almost like biblical to me, like that we've been doing this is human nature from the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. hey, let's get the city. We'll build up 30 foot walls. We'll put security. No one will ever come into Jericho, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, you know what? These walls are going to fall. Like, I'm just oh, yeah. telling you. 
someone is going to come down and bring them down and it's we think it's going to work so it's funny but we're doing it physically we're doing it emotionally we're doing it spiritually we're doing it all sorts of different ways Oh, yeah. And in the financial space, that's something I saw all the time. Mm. A lot of people would come in there. They're like, my number one goal is security and, and safety. And what was always interesting is they would have Put a it all on Google. And, yeah. And then they would get there. <laughs> and what would happen? They would actually suddenly two things would happen. They would either suddenly say, well, that's not safe enough for me now. It's not secure. I need more. Or they would go into this fear factor. Well, now I've got the security. I've got to protect it. And then they put up these walls around them. So this whole idea that if you are going after security, it actually breeds insecurity. So like thinking about that and going, well, why is it that you want that so much? Is it you don't feel like you don't trust the universe, you don't trust yourself. And that's why we've got in to get into the psychological element at all times. Well, I mean, one of the things, I I assume that part of this trauma as a young age, I mean, you took some risks as a kid. It sounded like you were, you know, trying out for Jackass the movie (laughs) early, right? And trying to, you know, test some, you risk some things, and nothing really horrible happened, right? Like, so you, it gave you strength in risking more. Is that fair? It is true. I've, I've, I have a great relationship with risk now, and I think about it a lot, where if you actually look at what happens in life, if you take big enough risks, like nothing ever really ends up happening. Like even the people who've had the biggest failures in life, because they were so big, they ended up becoming famous and were able to leverage off, off that story. So yeah. in a weird way, the greatest risk of all is not taking any risk. I used to say that in the, with investment strategies. Like if you don't take risk, you're going to go broke safely. Like that's what you're going to yeah. do. Like if you just put money in cash, you're just going to go really broke safely over time, especially in an inflationary world right now. So it's in your best interest to take risk. Like the universe supports you. And even when, like even in my time where I lost everything and I lost my life sort of broke down. I look back at it and I was like, the life was pretty good still. Like, yes, it was my version of it was pretty challenging, but I look back, it wasn't like I was dying or like starving. Like there was a lot of people in a lot worse situation to me, but it was my comparison of where I was, which was actually causing me the biggest pain. My life in that present moment was better than it was five years ago, but it was the comparison that I'd lost so much that's made me suffer. I tell you, I love that because I love the quote, like, uh, and I forget the author who said it. You know, I spent 90% of my life worrying about things that never happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it was Mark Twain. It's Twain. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So, and I mean, just like, wow. Like, as, as I think about that, like, if I did an inventory of the 20 things I was worried about yesterday, they're not even concerns for me today. Right. Like, and by the way, 19 of them didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait, what am I doing? Right. And so that's pretty cool, man. It's pretty awesome. So let's uh, flip the switch a little bit here on this. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the winners find a way, right? Mm. You know, I like the quote, winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. If you know my background, Phineas, I am a pro baseball guy, Mm -hmm. right? I competed from the time I was, you know, baby, right? A kid, like first grade, right through. And then I really just did this hard line audit of excellence from the time I was like grade nine, like 13, 14 years old until I was like literally 30. It was every year was how do you find excellence as a team? How do you keep going? How do we win championships? How do we come together? What missed? And and then breaking all that down every time when you miss, right? And so what I found with, with great leaders is that they do face adversity. They do face challenge. And there's a lot of concepts of what people will do in that. But greatest always overcome. 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, can you take us back to a time where you could, were kind of up against it? Felt like, you know, hey, this was dire, not a way out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it. You, you kind of mentioned earlier, like, hey, we start that that negative self-talk. You know, I'm not enough. I'm not doing, you know, I'm, I'm never going to make it. This isn't going to work. All those things. Can you take us back to a time? For sure. So I nearly five years ago, I got hit with a perfect storm. I had sold my second company. We we're financially independent. We'd moved to Colorado, skiing every day, living in a mansion. Life was really good. And then a few things just started happening. We got into a legal battle over the company we sold because they never had an intention to pay us the money. We then started, got into a legal battle with my partner's dad's estate with their business partners who was trying to not really recognize the value of the business. So it was a double legal battle. Plus we had started a new company and I'd raised a bunch of money and I was just feeling super burnt out because emotionally I was affected from my partner's dad dying and the strength that they had on our relationship. So we had this weight of money loss, legal battle, shame over shutting down a business and it all happened at once. And then my wife and I actually separated at that time. So I'm sitting there completely by myself, just in so much shame just completely devastated, just confused what had happened. I was living a life with intentionality and still all of this happened. And I was, I was pretty low. And in that time, I went back to, back to first principles. I just focused on what do I need to do to get through the day? And mm. I had this list of 16 activities, which I knew increased my serotonin and oxytocin and helped me feel a little bit better. And I, I started tracking and I went, if I do five of them, I'll get through the day. If I do 10, I generally feel okay and I'll want to wake up the next day. And I just started doing that. And I went really deep into positive psychology and just went, well, I'm my greatest asset. Yes, I've lost all these other assets, but how do I get myself to be in a flourishing state again? And that's mm. really how I focused it on it. And I didn't distract myself and just went in daily ticking off this list. And it seemed super basic, but that's, I think, what you've got to do sometimes. Imagine at some point, your form went out and you had to go back to first principles and, and learn how to swing again or, or yeah. uh, catch again in some way. And that's, it was super humbling, super challenging. Cause I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here again? <laughs> like yeah. every, after all the success I've had, how am I doing this? But that's how I worked through it. And then I started going, well, how do I want to vision my life again? And how do I sort of acknowledge the past I've had, understand you can never get a clean slate, but you can build on it in a way. And then I just started focusing on my craft and just focused on speaking and facilitating and coaching. And now I'm so much happier where my life has ended up because it's it's gone down another pathway. I Yeah, I just think it's, first of all, I love the put one foot in front of the other, right? Like, mm -hmm. like tomorrow, like I love that you got a 19, right? You build yourself out a list and say, hey, this is, and that science helps, right? Because you're mm -hmm. thinking, Hey, I need some oxytocin. Like I, I need some serotonin, right? I need some vitamin D, right? I, mm -hmm. I need some stimulation to my blood and my skin. Like that's very important, all these things. And so it's very, and by the way, that's very fundamental. That's just, this is not crazy stuff. This is living 101, right? And we don't talk about it because we've always done these things, but now we got to go back to the basics. Like literally you put your right leg, pant leg in first. I'm going to put my left second, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'm going to get these pants on. We're going to go do something. Right. And yeah. I love that. I mean, and you're exactly right. It happens in baseball. It happens in sport. You fall into a slump, Right. And meanwhile, by the way, I think this is one of the big psychology challenges. And let's talk a little bit about this is when these things happen, 
you know, in the major leagues in a guy who just sold his company for millions and lives in a mansion. Like, Hey buddy, how could you be unhappy? Look what you have. Mm -hmm. Like the outside perspective of human nature says you've got everything I ever wanted. What's your complaint, man? Is that fair? It is. I'm actually reading Will Smith's autobiography right now, which I highly recommend. And it goes through his journey where he just thought the answer was, well, if I have more money, more women, more fame, then I'm going to feel better. And then once yeah. he got it, it was just the hole was even bigger. And then he's, he's rather than acknowledging that perhaps something was wrong with him, he just thought the answer was more. He just needed to have more yeah. and more again. So it's that acknowledgement. I said, spoke about trust before. And in these times, you've got to be very careful about what you trust. We can't trust the head, the stories, because there's a program going on there which is affecting you. So trusting the story could get you down a wrong path. You might start thinking you are bad or something's wrong, and it's not. That's just a false story. So we need to get into our hearts, and that's where we trust because that's a higher wisdom. That's a higher intelligence. And then we can start opening up and start realizing, okay, life isn't so bad. And maybe I just have some chemical imbalances. That's where I do like science. It's just maybe yeah. it's just something's a little bit off with you and you just need to tinker it a little bit. And there's ways to really easily do that. Yeah, I think I learned that uh, as a later adult, right? You know, obviously we're doing performance psychology and sports, mm -hmm. but we're also doing, you know, physical performance, right? Evaluation. And, you know, I learned that I could never outrun, I, I could never outwork out a bad diet. Right. Mm. So if I was putting poor chemicals, things into my body and then going, man, I, I want to go great. Like, I really want to go fast and go hard. And, you know, I, I always equated it to a Porsche. Right. We're going to have this Porsche and we're never going to change the oil. We're going to put low octane fuel and some ethanol in there. And then, you know, a year later, we're like going, man, I, this thing doesn't really go zero to 60 like it used to. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And you've got a mechanic who's never worked on a Porsche jacking it up. And you're like man, we, we, we got to take care of this ultra human body, right? And, and the human body, by the way, I love this. I love this statistic. And you'll appreciate this from a science guy. If we were to create the human body again, right? The human body would be valued at $500 million. It's amazing, isn't it? we recreated it? it from the materials that we have available to us and we had to recreate, it would be five. I mean, you could buy any jet in the world for that, right? Like yeah. there's not a jet you can't buy. There's not any technology. And then I think like who in the world is charged as a CEO and responsible for a $500 million asset? Whoa, that's a it's big a responsibility. And here, you know, in, in the business world, we give big money to the person like, we're going to give you our $500 million asset to run. We're going to pay you millions probably to do it. And take care of the baby, right? <laughs> like, yep. and we are all charged with this in our own human body. And we're like, oh, hey, whatever. I'm just going to smoke. I'll feel fine. I'll do whatever I want. And you're like, you know what? Is that going to work the way you think it's going to work? Spiritually, emotionally, physically, all the nutrition side, it's huge. It is. And what's interesting is people are starting to comprehend the physical side. They understand, well, what I put into it is going to create an output. But then we don't realize our psychological side. It's the same. Like, what are you consuming? What are you putting yeah. into your brain first thing in the day? We've got to be very, very smart about this. And this is why meditation is so important because it's just like a cleaning out system. It's just like emptying them out of all the crap you've just put into your life. I think the pandemic has raised awareness around that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think we were, we, we really, really were, I feel like coming up on 
physical health. I mean, we've been beat on it. Like, I mean, if you're in America and you don't understand physical health, like you don't have, you can look on your phone and get physical health right now. Right. Like it'll be like in like 10 minutes, you could have an app that's going to, I'll take you through a workout right now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Free probably, if not very cheap. Right. And you can get moving and doing some things. This pandemic has definitely raised awareness around that that psychological factor, that emotional health. And, you know, I like, you know, there's a quote in the Bible that says, guard your heart for everything else flows from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, guard your mouth because what's in your heart flows from. So like when you hear, and I, and I think of this all the time, when I hear people talking just trash, bad language, I'm like, Ooh, heart's not clean. Totally right. And that's, that's something where it all comes back to. It's like the fundamental principle of intentionality is experience peace and joy by choosing love over fear. And our, the way we're communicating, you can directly see, is that person in a love state or in a fear state? And fear is always, it's a low vibrational frequency. So it's always going to do harm to you where love is high vibrational. So just in the nature of it, like of being self-interest, you should just be in a love state just to look after yourself. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, right? But okay, so let's talk through this. I believe in fear because there's self-preservation, right? Like, I mean, mm. we should be aware and knowledge of that. But living in that daily, how if, if if I'm that person, right? And I think I was that person, by the way, Finn. I mean, I think I was fear-driven, much like yourself. Yeah. I was have more, be more. I don't want to choose, you know, failure is not an option, but fear drove me in a lot of ways. And I didn't, you know, I could search all the walls. I couldn't find the switch to turn it off. Is that fair? It is. It's because it's, we're not conditioned. Like we're not, we're not born in a place where we're in fear. We're conditioned into a place of fear. Think of the language that people are around us. Don't do that. Be careful. Oh, that's going to cause you problems. It's like programmed interest from a yes. young age. And that's programmed in from their parents. So we need to be very mindful that this is harming us. And there's now direct science. This is where science is actually catching up. They can actually track what's happening when you're in a fear state and in a love state. So if we actually have that awareness that we are not that directly, that's a conditioned program, we then have choice. We have agency to actually get out of it. You have to be willing to give up this story that you need fear. A lot of successful people, and I coach a lot of them, they're worried that if they if they become more connected to their heart and they become more spiritually open and turn into a more love state, they're going to lose their edge. But that's mm. just a story. They, that edge has served them in some regard. But imagine if you actually let it go, you're not going to lose your skill set or anything like that. You're actually going to be in a stronger position. And that's what I really try to encourage people is just test it on a few little areas and see what happens to you. You're not going to lose your edge at all. I love that. And I think it's a great idea that to test it, right? Because I would be reluctant and I can also be very open and honest about the fact that while fear has served me in a lot of things, it's harmed me in a lot of other relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So I could take the good, but you know, hey, I'm on auto except the bad, right? And that's why I feel like in, in our society right now, we don't want that, right? We want, well, I only accept it one way. It's not a one-way street here, like- you know, it's going to go both ways for you, right? Your superpower strength is going to turn into a negative at some point, right? It and, is. and vice versa, where, hey, I've got this weakness, but maybe that serves me in another way. Because if I didn't have this weakness, I would have never hired Finn. And now look how much stronger our organization is because I brought in someone to lean into my weakness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, this is the problem with comparison. We compare against someone, but we only compare against one element of their life, the one variable. And I'm like, okay, you can be that person. You can have that. But then you have to also have the horrible relationship, 
the problems with the health, like you have to actually take those things as well. And that's something where I'd love to just see, or would you take that if you actually knew all the element, elements of their life? I want to ask you a science question about this emotional health. What do you think of the new aura ring where people are like monitoring sleep patterns, mm. steps, their mental health? Am I getting this stuff? What do you think of it? So I'm now actually against them. I've seen what's happened to a lot of people and what they're doing, it turns into a comparison mechanism. They're comparing what they should be or comparing against their friends, which then puts them into a place of lack, which is a low vibration. They're also losing their own self-agency of decision. Like I, I had one for a while and I thought I'd have a great sleep and then I'd see, oh no, you didn't have a good sleep. And then suddenly my mind, my mental attitude would change and I'd get grumpy and irritable even though I probably felt fine, I probably could have done everything that day. So yeah. we're, once again, we're, we're handing over our decision-making to data. And a lot of people, I get it for really high-performing sports people where there's like they're trying to get that edge. But most people aren't doing that. They're just tracking it for the sake of it. And then they actually feel not great. And, and that's where I think you've got to be very careful with them. I think that's legitimate right there. I had this conversation <laughs> yesterday, right? And it's like, hey, I feel fine. Oh, no. My aura says I didn't sleep good. Oh, I'm grumpy. And now I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Now my day is going to be an exhaustion and I probably need a nap. Like, do you usually take naps? Like, yeah. well, no. But the aura says I didn't sleep well. I just, I don't know. But I see this in science too. I would say the other one that's very prevalent right now is, hey, I got my vaccine and then I got COVID. And mm -hmm. my COVID only lasted 12 days. You're a healthy guy and you don't have the vaccine. And your COVID only lasted three days. Like it's affecting people differently. But the narrative is, hey, uh, I didn't die because I had the shot, which there's no data yet to show it, right? We just don't know yet. But we, we're telling ourselves things like, oh, well, I think this is working. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And the problem with data is it's averages. Like that's what it really is. It's averages. Yeah. And if... I don't associate myself as average. So mm. why would I be using myself against average data? I don't want to be comparing myself against that. Like a lot of the medical stuff, I'm like, why do we want to be average? We look at the average pop person in this world. Like most people are pretty obese. So why would you want to be comparing yourself to those numbers? No, you want to be going against the, the top athletes and, and the healthy people. So that's yeah. just another problem with data. It, there is another. I mean, it's funny with data and you going through science, going through school. I'm sure you, because of your science background, you did lab work, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing. Like anyone who's ever actually done lab work goes, well, what do you want it to say? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. because... I can set the test up to say what you wanted to say. Like, you know, so when I hear people go, oh, hey, here's the lab test on that. I'm like, who, who financed it? Mm -hmm. Oh, Gatorade. Oh, I bet everybody got hydration out of this, didn't they? You know, like, you know, we already know we're going to set this thing up to be successful because what? The product needs to show it has value, right? And we, and we also need to look back in the life. How many times were we so certain about something and then later on it was proven? Right. So like flat earth to round earth, Newtonian physics to quantum physics. So the problem with the medical system these days, it's they're still getting taught on Newtonian physics, which just isn't the way. That's all about cause and effect. One, you put one thing in and you'll get this action. With quantum physics, we're seeing now, this is why we're seeing such a rise in epigenetics, is the idea that you can't just go in and just kill one part of the body. It ha it's a complete living organism and it's all connected. And that's where we need to just be open a little bit. And I just say, trust your own instincts, like trust. You know, there's certain things which work for you, which don't work for others. And I would use that over any data to start with. Well, you know, we, we're given this innate 
ability to kind of know, right? You know, it's a conscience, right? We talk about mm -hmm. the conscience all the time. Like we're born with a conscience and we know right and wrong. Like we know it, like we, we may not choose it. <laughs> and I appreciate that, but we know it and, and you can feel it. Like you feel the hairs on your neck. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, should I really, should I, should I try this? Like, you know, you know, and we will make a conscious decision to go against it, which is our human nature. Great. But we do instinctively know, don't we? We do. And that's something you can really start training yourself. Like actually like drop into a heart centered place, breathe in between your heart and then ask it a question. And it will, it will answer the question before you've even asked it because it's intuitive. It, it actually knows. And you can start testing these things and you can do an exercise where you can look back at decisions where you've, felt like oh you you thought it was right but it was wrong and you can go back into that place and i do this with meditative states and you can see what were you feeling just before it and generally all the times where something went wrong you knew it there was a little signal on the back of your neck and you overrided it you used trusted someone else's judgment like you're in a group think or you trusted some data against yourself and every time you're like oh why did i do that and that's mm. what i really want to train people because we are we're tapped into one consciousness this is the way how one person can invent something on one side of the earth and then instantaneously across the other side of the earth with no communication, someone has also invented that because it's all come from the same source. And that's how we can use meditation to tap into this higher intelligence, this high wisdom. We all have access to it. We just don't know how to access it. That's our problem. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Have you seen the movie with Brad, the guy from The Hangover? Oh yeah, you know the movie I'm talking name? about. He's, he's incredible. He I know exactly. He, what he's tab, like about. he gets the he gets the pill that yeah. can get eighty percent of his brain. Yeah, limitless. Limitless. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think of that movie? Yeah, I liked it. It's I it's, loved it it's too. Giving you the concept that there is more. We're operating at such a low level of our potential, and that's where we've just got to learn how to open it up, open it up. And a lot of it is about emptying out emptying out the program you've had from a very young age and then see what is actually there. Have you heard the book, uh, You Can't Hurt Me? Have you listened to it? I have, yeah. Yeah, now he's, a, he's a guy who also pushes the psychological performance, right? Because mm -hmm. he's thinking brain over, brain over it all, right? Yeah, and that's what we learned in the military. Like there's so many things, that's something which has served me so well. There's so many things where if you put it on paper, there's just like no chance. There's no way you can do this. But someone else shows you or you do it and you're just like, all right, I can do this. And then that gives you a little confidence that, well, what else am I saying no to that actually is possible? Love it. Let's jump into the question of, let's come back to this for a second, which is if you had to tell somebody else that, you know, they were in that moment, that, that you were in five years ago, feeling that way, feeling down, feeling empty, feeling like, hey, nothing's gone right. I can't believe all this is snowballed into one, you know, great event, right? It's it's perfect storm, right? What would you tell them to do? What would, what do you think the actions, values, beliefs you'd be educating them on to take those first steps? Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.